1: Welcome, this is Brooke Volk, your host and assistant writer to Ken Vernon, the inspired author of the ebook and book, Revelation of Revelation, A Total Fraud. What you're about to hear on this episode of Revelation of Revelation has never been revealed before now in audio format. Listen in now as we introduce the topic on this one-of-a-kind program where scripture speaks the truth through the in-depth scripture studies of Ken Vernon. And a reminder to visit our website, revelationofrevelation.com. If you already haven't placed an order for your copy, an ebook or the printed version, they're available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and other book sites. Revelation of Revelation, a total fraud. And now the author, Ken Vernon, and this evening's Revealed Truth, explained. Good evening, Ken.
2: Good evening, Brooke. And good evening to everyone. I thank you for joining us. If you have questions, feel free to bring them forward at this point. Or, if you prefer, you may wait until the middle of the program or the end of the program. But we do welcome all questions. We don't skate out of questions. As a matter of fact, we look forward to them and hope that in our upcoming broadcasts, there will be more people who are asking questions. It seems that people have a way of becoming intimidated once they are aware that their voice is on the radio. Now, I am somewhat sympathetic to that because I never thought I would be doing something like this. Never in my wildest dreams did I ever think that I would be not only on the radio, but on a worldwide broadcast. So I pause at this time to thank my Heavenly Father for that great honor that He has bestowed upon Brooke and I to make this venue available to us to share His precious truth. And truth is what we are about at this website, at this talk show venue. We are not interested in traditional religious training that's been around for millennia. We are not interested in that. We are interested in doing exactly what the Messiah said to the people who believed in him. He said in John 8, verse 31, If you continue in my word, You shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. He reminds us also from the Gospel of John that the Holy Spirit that he will send will guide us into all truth and also reveal to us future events. There are many who read those scriptures and don't believe that they can learn the truth. Well, that is a sad thing. That is a waste of time in reading your Bibles if you do not expect to come to the place of the knowledge of the truth. Messiah said so. We are told in the book of Hebrews that he cannot lie. So if he says to continue in his word, if we obey him, he gives us the spirit of truth. And we come to that place boldly, with all confidence, as we look forward to what's right on our doorsteps. There are many who don't realize all the violence that's going on on the earth today and how it's connected to the return of the Messiah. Tonight, we won't spend too much time on that program except to show you the lies that are written in more of the fraudulent books in your New Testament. In our last broadcast, we started looking at the first epistle of Paul, supposedly, to the church in Thessalonica. Here we have three men writing a letter to the church in Thessalonica, praising them for their now, that right up front does not ring any bells. But, once we remember that all Scripture is given by inspiration of the Almighty, then it becomes a different matter. Consider what 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 is saying. It's saying that Paul Silvanus, or whichever one of Paul's companions that was, and Timothy, are writing this letter that came by inspiration from the Almighty to tell the church in Thessalonica, bravo for your faith. Your faith has been sent abroad. Everyone knows how faithful the church in Thessalonica is. Now, again, as I said, if this is what the Creator is inspiring three men to do to tell one congregation that they are full faith, I say something is seriously wrong. These men, Paul, Silvanus, Timothy, can write a letter to this church, to this congregation that they allegedly visited, and say, hey guys, we heard you guys are doing very well. You're very faithful. Does it really take the Creator to inspire people who have a, a very difficult job to do? Believe it or not, in the first century, these men had to travel overland, by sea, sometimes in stormy conditions. If you've read about the Apostle Saul, you will know that he suffered shipwreck, he suffered many difficulties as he went about the business of preaching the gospel. So when I consider that someone will write a letter that appears to be what's being inspired by your creator to simply tell the church in Thessalonica that they're doing a splendid job, that is nonsense to me. I will show you how this book, along with eight other books in your New Testament, are fraudulent works. Tonight, I will skip, I will go to chapter five, just to bring to your attention the the real nonsense, the real lie that is found in the book. I'll read the first two verses here for you. But concerning the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that anything be written on to you. Why? He answers in the next verse. For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of Yahweh so cometh as a thief in the night. This is where they fall down and show their true colors, the people who are responsible for this book. They tell us that the day of Yahweh so comes as a thief in the night. Wow. That's funny. Let's look at some scriptures here that tells us how the day of
3: Yahweh comes. We will go to Matthew 24 and verse 30. And
2: here is what we read from Matthew 24. And verse thirty, let me quickly turn there
3: connect you together here matthew twenty four and verse thirty at the beginning of this chapter, we are
2: told that the disciples came to the Messiah on the Mount of Olives, asking him questions about his return and the day of his return and what they should look for. And he gives them a series of events to look for regarding his return and the destruction of the temple all the way back there in the first century, actually in the year seventy. He gave them specific things to look for that would show them these end time events. End time for Jerusalem back there at that time, and end time when he returns.
3: Now, let me read for you what it says, if you recall. The people who
2: brought us first Thessalonians tell us that he comes as a thief in the night. Here is what Matthew twenty four thirty says. And then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. And then shall all the tribes of the land mourn. And they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. Does that sound like a nighttime affair? Does that sound like a thief who comes in a clandestine manner? Not at all. He makes it perfectly clear that that day one will see this incredible celestial event, lightning that shines from the east, even on to the west, in another passage it tells us. But they will see that that when he comes,
3: He says, this is a sign that shall appear in heaven and all the tribes
2: of the earth will mourn and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. Now, does that sound like a thief that comes in the night when you cannot see him, when you don't know he's coming? That passage clearly tells us that We will, those of us who are alive at that time, will all see that event, just as other passages of scriptures from Zechariah 14 and from Joel and Amos, they all tell us that this day will be a day like no day that has ever been on this earth since there was a nation upon this earth. No day nor will ever be another day like it any time
3: in the future day, thick clouds, darkness, the sun, sunlight will be reduced, the stars will cease to shine, but we will have a global cloud event so that everyone
2: will be able to see that lightning as it comes from the east and shines even on to the west. That's It's not the way a thief comes. A thief will come, as I said, in a clandestine manner. He won't know that he's there until he steals what he wants and he departs. So here we have a bold-faced lie with some people here who are pretending to be apostles writing a letter to the church in Thessalonica. Let's look a little further and we will see that the same people who were responsible for that trash also brought us the book of Peter. Books 1 and 2. I'll take you to Second Peter and I will show you an even greater blunder from people who claim to be apostles
3: writing these letters. Here we go. I will pick up I will pick it up from chapter 3 and verse
2: 9. The writer begins this way, Yahweh is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness. But in long suffering to you, Lord, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Now here we go in verse 10. But the day of Yahweh will come as a thief. Sounds good, doesn't it? But here we have another writer telling us that the Messiah will come as a thief. But listen to what he continues to write. In the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall be dissolved with fervent heat, and the earth and all the works that are therein shall be burned up. (laughs) I, I laugh at that very often. Here are people who, they did not even consult with one another, they did not even read the scriptures before they went about to bringing to the world or to their church, this false doctrine that actually contradicts the Bible in many, many ways. Let me take you to Revelation, and I'll show you what Revelation says. Revelation, being also a bogus book, actually points to that lie that I just read to you from Thessalonians. Revelation 20 and verse 4 says, And I saw thrones, and they sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that had been beheaded for the testimony of Yeshua, and for the word of Elohim. And such as worshipped not the beast, neither his image, and received not the mark upon their foreheads, and upon their hands. And they lived and reigned with Messiah a thousand years. Now, who's lying here? Where is the truth? They're both lying. (laughs) And here's the reason why. Peter tells us when the Messiah comes that the earth will disappear with fervent heat. Nowhere. In the prayer, O Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, tells us that this earth is going to be destroyed when the Messiah comes. When he comes, the kingdom of heaven comes to this earth with him. Here we have two of the ten bogus books in your New Testament contradicting each other. How is that for proof of the nonsense that's written here? That's written here. Let me share another scripture with you from Zechariah, so that you can see that all that is nothing but a hunk of junk and nonsense. Let me go back to Zechariah very quickly. I got my. I'm reading tonight, by the way, from the Memorial Scroll, which is one of the better translation, better English translations of the Bible. Because they did not remove the Creator's name and substitute it with the name Lord. In Zechariah and chapter 14, here is what we read when the Messiah returns. Chapter 14 and verse 1 Behold, a day of Yahweh cometh, when thy spoil shall be divided in the midst of thee. For I will gather all nations against Jerusalem to battle. And the city shall be taken, the houses rifled, the women ravished. And half of the city shall go forth into captivity, and the residue of the people shall not be cut off from the city. Verse 3. Then shall Yahweh go forth and fight against those nations as when he fought in the day of battle. And his feet shall stand in that day upon the Mount of Olives, which is before Jerusalem on the east. And the Mount of Olives shall be cleft in the midst thereof towards the east and towards the west. And there shall be a great valley, and half of the mountain shall remove towards the north, and half towards the south. Now, how can this happen if as the person who calls himself Peter, writing it all, tells us that when Yahweh comes, the earth and the heavens, everything will be destroyed. Nothing will be here. Yet, we have scripture after scripture showing us that those passages are just downright flat out lies. Let me continue a little bit further here
3: in Zechariah 14, so that it becomes perfect clear. I'll skip down to verse
2: 6. And it shall come to pass in that day that there shall not be light. The bright ones shall withdraw, this, withdraw themselves. Another, I bet another translation says the stars will cease their shining. But let me continue. But it shall be one day which is known unto Yahweh. Not day, not night, But it shall come to pass that at even time there shall be light. See the difference? It doesn't say it's coming mine. This is a special cloud-covered day of the entire earth to witness the lightning when the Messiah returns. Everyone will see this event. No one will be caught short except those who do not know this beforehand. And even then, they will still see what transpires. Verse 9. And Yahweh shall be king over all the earth. In that day shall he be one, and his name one. Here we have from the, the prophet Zechariah, who prophesied this event hundreds and hundreds of years before the misguided people took to themselves to put books, along with legitimate books, into the New Covenant writings, pretending that they are apostles. One more scripture I wanted to share with you here,
3: and then we'll see if
2: we can field some questions. We have about eight minutes left.
3: I'll go to Zechariah 13. No, not Zechariah 13. I will take you to Joel. Very quickly. Joel. Joel 2, and I will begin in verse 1. Blow you the
2: trumpet in Zion, says the scripture from Jehovah, and sound an alarm in my holy mountain. Everyone knows that mountain is the Mount of Olives. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble. Why? For the day of Yahweh cometh, it is nigh at hand. Here is what that day looks like. Once again, from another prophet, from centuries, before the New Covenant writings came about. A day of darkness and gloominess, a day of clouds and thick darkness, as the dawn spread upon the mountains, a great people and the strong, there has not been ever the light, neither shall be any more after them, even to the years of many generations. Warnings. Visible signs when the Messiah comes. Verse 10 says, of the the saints that come with him, the earth quakes before them, the heavens tremble, the sun and the moon are darkened, and the stars with protest shining. And Yahweh utters his voice before his army, for his camp is very great, he is strong, that executes his word, for the day of Yahweh is great, and very terrible, and who can abide it? So here we have proof once again from two prophets centuries before that nonsense was written in the New Covenant writings where people are pretending to be apostles. I won't tell you where it comes from, but I will tell you how the New Testament writings Come forward today. They call the textus receptus. If you understand the Latin, the received text textus receptus, you know who originated it. You know where it comes from. We got five minutes, and we'll go from there. Do we have any questions?
1: Ken, there are no questions on the program this evening so far. But I'll just say that I want to remind people that you're listening to Ken Vernon here on the talk show format on Revelation of Revelation and .com is the home of the website. And on the website, you're able to find out, read a little bit more about the author, about the book, an excerpt from the book, contact information where you can email us and that's the Revelation of Revelation, a total fraud book and ebook. And the website is revelationofrevelation.com. There you'll find Ken's email address, but we'll give it to you right now. You can contact Ken anytime, day or night, around the globe. He'll get your email at vergetti, V-E-R-G-E-D-I, at optonline.net. That's O-P-T-O-N-L-I-N-E, dot net, vergetti, at optonline.net. And we ask that you visit Revelation of Revelation at any time and order your copy of Ken's e-book and or printed book, and you'll find them at the major book venues online as well, such as Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Okay, Ken, as we wrap up this week's program, we do uh, say thank you for the information presented again tonight for the proof that Scripture does not contradict Scripture Men Do, The Traditions of Men. And here we have the truth revealed for the very first time on this one-of-a-kind program that is to our knowledge. If anyone who tunes into our broadcasts know of any other program that sounds similar or speaks the truths from the scriptures like we do here on this program, let us know that. Email Ken. It would be our great pleasure and opportunity to... Have them join us and contact us for a future broadcast. That is our delight. Ken, closing my mem- uh, comments.
2: Closing comments. They can also go to the blog at the website and submit any questions that they would like, and we will answer them right from the blog.
1: Yeah. Very good, and that's a tab right on the web page, our home page, and just click on it, blog. Good point. Remember, Ken's email address is there as well, contact information. And we'll wrap up this program then with another episode coming forth in the soon coming schedules here on TalkShoe. Be sure to keep touch, log in, find us at com format and find out when the next broadcast is scheduled. And do listen to all, every episode of the archives, of which there are 40-some archive programs, I believe, to this point. So there you have it. Thank you for joining in again. We'll bid everyone good evening. And thank you for joining us on this broadcast from wherever you are on the World Wide Web. Until next time, this is Brook Fult saying good night. Step into the world of power, loyalty.